Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, magic folk, to episode number 76 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts. I'm Matt Olson. Next to me, we got JB. What's up? Over there, we have Danny Oaksted back from his unpaid parental leave. What's up? Actually, it was paid. <laughs> well, not paid well, from I just, us. I just had to take vacation. Not paid? Well, okay. Well, yeah, what, not paid you, from us. That's not parental leave if you, if you had to take vacation. That's well, just, yeah, that's basically. And then joining us on this episode, we have special guest Stu Summers. He's on here joining us, and he chose a great time to jump on here because we got some BNRs to tell you all about. <laughs> Which you didn't post in the one note. Oh, I didn't. I didn't do that. Yeah, yet. Matt. First off, God, I was getting. <laughs> the struggling is We're real. We're always waiting on you. I don't know if it's waiting on me. He's waiting on himself, right? I mean, to be fair, late to his own house. That copied and that paste. There are your notes there, or there's the BNRs. Thank you. Perfect. So before we jump into this episode, we want to give a shout out to our amazing sponsor, J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in the West Acres Mall of Fargo, North Dakota. They have all the magic product that you need. Uh, if you want to be selling some of these cards that have gotten banned or picking them up because they've been banned and the prices are moving down on them, you can go over there, give them a call, go online, order the cards. Not only do they have magic cards, but they have all of your magic product, sleeves, uh, play mats. <laughs> had a brain fart there trying to think of a play mat. <laughs> they also help you get your cards graded through PSA and Beckett. Go check them out online. Links down below. But let's give you that breakdown of how this episode is going to get laid out. We're starting off at the Boggle Desk with JB, who's going to give us some event results and upcoming events. Then we're going to probably spend a lot of time talking about BNR. And we have. Uh, Stu picked out some blogatogs for us to talk about. And after that, we have a, a secret layer drop that we're going to mention. Planeswalker dropped their Kickstarter, and TCG Player has a POS system. Not a piece of shit, but a point of sale. No, <laughs> I mean, all, all POS systems are POSs. Yes. Have you never served in the food industry? All I, POSs are POSs. I have not served in the food industry. Oh before. yeah, they're they're all POSs are all POSs. Fun fact: neither have I. So I never had. Well, we never had to deal. Lucky with it. you guys. But I did work retail. Those are still POSs, but they're not as big of POSs right. as a service service station or a retail and food industry, and they're all terrible. Yeah, they are. Right. Food ones worse. That's yeah. The food one made me want to just quit life. <laughs> Basically, just take a vacation, come back in a few years, hopefully improve it. After that, got the finance section. Then closing off with deck of the week, and y'all can go home after that. So, Matt, they're already at yeah, home. they already are at home. And by the, the time you get this out, they will be at home already. And the yes. joke continues. You're welcome, Matt. <laughs> yes, we like to poke fun at you. I'll take it. But uh, yeah, so from there, let's pass it over to JB with the Boggle Desk. I'm not as prepared today. I'm on my phone instead of my Chromebook. 
So you got to give me and, a minute. And who is yelling at who now for not being prepared? I had family emergency, sir. I had an a excuse. <laughs> you don't. Getting getting the audio to make sure that there's no echo. I feel like that is important. Is it though? Yes. Is yes, it? it is. Is it? Okay. So we don't have much for past results. There's some a few things that happened, but we've got a standard snapshot of the meta here from Twitter. From at MTG underscore data. I've been liking this Twitter page a lot. I don't use Twitter, so... Well, first off, you're old, so... Yes. That's why. Yes, I don't like Twitter. You can't get up to that branch. <laughs> no, I can't. I've only got legs, son. Okay, anyway. There were a couple pretty good events this weekend. Right, there's a couple. I think there was one that Matt shared in the Discord, but I don't remember where that link went. There was like the five K qualifier, and then there was the the United Valentine Invitational thing too. They had a lot of people. Right. Yeah. What was that one that you posted? I thought it was stacked. Now that I look at it. The uh, the Valentine Day one. Yeah, there was Seth, Andre, Lucivado, Kenji, Bloody. Ooh, snap! Nice. Look JB, why didn't you find that one? Cause I was busy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to. Like I said, normally my prep time is on Monday afternoon because I have to wait till Monday afternoon for event results to get posted. <laughs> and I had family emergency, so I couldn't. It's okay. The one time I'm not prepared. We'll you guys you. decide to roast me. <laughs> Are you sure this is the only time we've ever roasted <laughs> you before? No, but it's the one time I'm unprepared. Like every week when you come here, the first 10 minutes you're looking at all your results? I mean, you're looking at blogatogs too, so well, usually. <laughs> so I'm not the only one. Shit, I had my work done and I was told not I was going to do it. So, All right. So anyway, back to this uh, standard meta share for week three of Caldheim. Looks like we've got Assault Eye Ultimatum making up 19.8 percent of the meta, followed by Gruel Adventures with 14.9 percent. Mono Red Aggro is following close behind with 12.3 percent. And Demir Rogues has dropped a little bit, down to 8.6%. Thank God. Sultai Midrange is at about 5.2%. Is it Tempo, 4.9%. Mono White Aggro is coming up with 4.3%. Rakdos Midrange is down to 3.5%. Esper Foretold is 3.4%. And all the rest of the random, whatever you want to call them, decks. Homebrews. Yes, all the the jank that I play, all the hot garbage fires, <laughs> make up the last twenty three point two percent. The glass cannons. Yes, my death touch deck. It's fun. Catapults me into platinum, <clears throat> and that's about it. Have you guys seen the build on the Sultai Ultimatum decks? That's not within my color pie. Those things are hot, and I'm pretty sure those are just the best deck in the format. Oh my god, I, I was a fan of Sultai Ultimatum or uh, of the uh, Emergent Ultimatum the actual card when it got showed from a Cory, I'm like, this thing is great. <laughs> it's, it's a tooth and nail. You get two things, monocolored or not. It's like, they're good. And, oh man, grabbing shark typhoons and all runs, uh, the take turns one. Yeah. So there's like, so the two events, the two big events, there were a total of, uh, it was like six of the, t- of the 16 spots were the salt Iurion decks. And then another four spots went to, to white wing included the finals of the 5k and like those decks both seem to be kind of where you want to be at in the format right now i think you're gonna see a lot of the other decks just kind of like 
fall away. I, I think, I mean, Mono Red had a lot of people placing in the top 32. I mean, there was three others in the top 16 of the 5K, but I think that the ultimatum decks are just like heads and shoulders above what everyone else is doing. There's just a lot of room for like these changes in the deck for like various one-ups and everything. I mean, you could you could play Vor Clicks, you could not. You could play Beanstalk Giant. You could play none of those and just play more like removal spells. Like, there's a ton of ways to like, go about building these decks now. Yeah, they they look so good. Very fun to play. And then the White Weenie decks. That was that one kind of like caught me off guard a little bit seeing that in. But no, dude, White Weenie's doing pretty good right now. I built one too. I guess when all the decks are these ultimatum like seven eight mana decks you're gonna find these smaller decks can kind of like slide underneath those and kind of like race them until people realize there's that three mana black sweeper card um that gives minus two minus two and then i i, I expect to see some of the ultimatum decks starting to play a little more of that card now minus two minus two. are you thinking of uh cry of the carnarium no it's like cry of the carnarium there's one in M21 that, that either eats two powers off a planeswalker oh. or gives creatures minus two, minus two. I okay, I know which one you're talking about now. Yes, cannot remember that name. I can see the art. Yeah, I, I saw it today and I forget the name of it too, but like, you're, you're actually seeing that take some, some sideboard slots. It's not in the United Valentine Invitational sideboard. I, wouldn't, I don't think you're going to see it this week at all. I think Model White breaking out this weekend, you're going to see it coming up going forward from today probably and just cruel aggro holding in there still right <laughs> bone yeah, crushers I and I don't know that deck is still good but it's just andre and andre being so much or andre played it and kyle bogomis who are just like probably better than most people playing in the two events and then a couple other people finishing with the deck as well and it was just kind of are these decks is it still good or is it because they're really good uh, yeah it's, it's tough to say but i mean it's really hard to to uh, shake off a Ember Cleave on a Questing Beast. Yeah, or uh, the big-ass Beanstalk Giant. Been hit by one of those a couple times. Oh, yeah, I haven't used this for a while. Pestilent oh, yeah. Haze is the name of the card, by the way. There so, we go. So I think I think you're going to see... I expect that card to start making some appearances, and you might see White Weenie try to go a little bit bigger somehow over top of it. They don't really have that, like, Thaius Lieutenant card to kind of push everything out of minus two minus two range you're just trying to like hope your small creatures aren't the only thing that's around when it comes time to actually finish a game off you hope you've drawn some of the bigger hitters you have like uh like a like a basri's lieutenant making those smaller guys even bigger just out of range of that stuff yeah like by the time they cast their three drop you're going to be able to get like halivar or like legion angel online and just trying to like go bigger than the minus two minus two can is it'll just it's gonna be interesting to see how the metagame kind of shapes up yeah this is still well th- week three of digital play i mean it's all digital play and stuff <laughs> keldheim officially got released the other week but yeah it's still it's still shifting like a Boros cycling deck is still <laughs> into a top eight of that 5k star city one yeah i think it kind of did the same thing in where they kind of took advantage of the ultimatum decks just having so much like seven plus drops right so i i, I would but i think gruel aggro is not is gruel aggro is a little bit different where i think that they kind of have 
not as many high like they have a few high impact threats but they don't have a like a way to go wide and hit for a bunch so like if you can deal with like their questing beast or their love struck beast like you're gonna buy yourself a lot of time because they're gonna be playing in a bunch of one ones at that point and it's not the deck that wants the one ones right you're gonna be wanting the bigger things and yeah because you got heartless act to be able to take out all of those questing beasts and love struck beasts yeah, they really are playing like two great hangers at this point to kind of like get their creatures bigger at that point to make them actual threats. Well, JB, what do we got next? <laughs> okay, so looks like we've got some results from a modern prelim that Matt posted earlier I can talk about because I think this kind of follows suit with something we're going to be talking about later in the podcast. Oh, this was the, uh, the prelim with Velky. Yes. Okay, so there was a prelim that happened on the 11th of February. First place was Valky Cascade. Surprise, surprise. Uh, piloted by Juju Bean underscore underscore 2004. Hold on to your seats for that later in the episode when we talk about Cascade. Right? Second place was a DNT deck. Uh, Mono White with the Stoneforge package. Third place was Burn. Fourth place was another Valky Cascade deck. Fifth place was another Valky Cascade deck. Uh, sixth place was Landless Spy. Seventh place was Demir Mill, and eighth place was another Valky Cascade. Just shows you how stupid that deck was. Tell us how you really feel, JB. Oh, I will tell you how I really feel. I hate that deck so <laughs> much. Do you really have to open the floodgate on that one, man? It's so bad. I'm trying to qualify for the um, Mana Traders event this last weekend. And good God, that was all I was playing against. It's so stupid. So stupid. Turn two Tibble. Oh, and then I'm going to exile all your cards, and I'm going to play all your cards against you. You're going to get some breather room now. No. Looking at, looking at the list, it's so so interesting how these decks were put together. Like Right? They're just two completely different builds of the deck, and like they were both just very, very good. So they couldn't even figure out which one was like the correct build or not, because you had the the more all-in combo version, and then you also had the the Oro version, and it was just kind of like... Right? like... It just it was it's cool. I think it's super cool when shit like this happens, where you just like something happens and it breaks, and but then you see there's two fully different ways to do it, and I, I think that kind of makes magic a little interesting from time to time because it always gives you something to like shoot for and for you to be the person to like develop this deck and find it and you know have a chance to take advantage of a part of the meta game that's not prepared for it, but at the same time it does have to go eventually, and they decided that a couple of weeks was was good enough for it. Let people have their fun and then take it away from them. I know. Yeah, you kind of have to realize it's, it's going to go eventually. <clears throat> I think it was uh, Aspiring Spike. They posted on Twitter that they got the they got turn one Tibbleted and they tried to force the negation it, but then they got commandeered from the opponent. The uh, their opponent used commandeer to stop the force of negation. It's like when, when that's crazy to see an EDH card like commandeer in in modern. <laughs> I think that card is a little underplayed as it is, too. I think that card... Well, when Oro and all of them were still, like, around, I think Commandeer maybe should be played a little more when there's, like, these combo-heavy formats. Yeah, it's, I mean, getting rid of two cards in hand just to, to gain control of their stuff. It's uh, non-creature, right? Non-creature. Yeah, non-creature. Oof. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely things you could do with that card. It's, like, a one or two of in modern uh, sideboards for these different blue decks. The one, the one Cascade deck had like a Geist in the sideboard, and I think I would have like 
Oh. It got a little bit harder. Like it kind of turned into like a control deck post board, which I thought was really interesting too. You just kind of like ride these like brazen borrows and geists for the win. Dude, I was so mad. I was playing my boggle deck, and then I switched it to rack, and it was just terrible. They they are exiling my spirit dancers and my auras, using them against me. They ended up getting a bigger spirit dancer than I had. Pissed me off. And then when I switched to playing rack. They were using my discard against me. It's like, what the hell is this shit? Stop it. Just terrible. Turn two, I'm going to get a seven mana planeswalker with an emblem right away. Yep. Yeah. Here's here's my take on this, too. Is like, I don't even think that was the best thing you could be doing. I mean, it takes advantage of the cascade rule and everything, but I think there was maybe for too much trickery, there was better things. For the trickery part of the decks, not the just cascading into this thing. Yeah, the like, trickery decks had so much more to do. Right. Surprisingly enough, I didn't run into any trickery decks in modern. I, I think they got kind of pushed out when it came time to figure out which were the best were the best Valkyrie decks, and it was the straight Cascade version without trickery. But I mean, I think there was ways to build the trickery decks that people didn't even get a chance to really look at yet. Right. See now, trickery in standard is stupid as hell. Is is that a thing in standard? Like, yep. I, Turn two Ugin. That that has more chances of whiffing because I've played against. Uh, it does, I, but when you 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 gotta admit even that turn two Ugin is backbreaking as hell, and you can't come back from it. I mean, you can because I don't know about you, but I run. I still run murderous rider in swift end. Like they do that, yeah, they just bolt me for three. It's like swift end. By Ugin, what do they got after that point? They're dirtling for the next couple of turns because you took out their Ugin. Yeah, I don't think anybody's seriously playing. I, I, I'm looking at these top eights and stuff. I've not seen a single person have this like trickery thing going on at all with Ugin. Oh, I've run Ugin. into it way too many times on Arena. It made me quit Arena for a while. <laughs> you were just getting dink stomped. Oh, dude, I've been on a tilt on Arena like nobody's business. I. Oh, I hate that program. <clears throat> hate it. I keep wanting to get into Arena again and start playing more, and then I realize how just toxic the economy system is on Arena. I decide to just go do something else. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wild cards. Come on, let us dust some of our old cards. Wizards. Right? Wizards, something. Please. I just, yeah, that's... I just... I don't know. I used to spend $100 a set to get wild cards and cards for decks. And I've not done that since probably the core set. And it's just like, this stuff doesn't, like, I don't need eight copies of Temple of Silence. Why they just can't do anything about this, I don't know. It's because they want you to keep putting money into it. Mm -hmm. They want you to buy the gems. (laughs) Yeah, I I just, I decided I'm I'm good for until they fix it. Like, I don't. Have you? Start up again. I'll play Paper Magic and stuff, and then Moto every so often. But like, I'm not Arena. If they don't fix it, I'm just not interested. And then like watching games and then having a mobile and stuff. I'm just like, what do you guys? I don't know. There, there are some uh, some questionable things going on at Watsi, and it's just like, wish they would fix things. I don't know. I, I definitely think it's a lot of stuff getting pushed to try and get more people in. It's like mobile, mobile Arena is going to get more people to play arena because you know they're like oh you need a pc to play arena but it's like no now you got your phone so now we can get more people <laughs> and if you have a select yeah. phone well, i mean yeah you just can't yeah. have an old one 
and, and when the four when your force state gets to be like six creatures wide and like eight lands, it's it's just gonna be a mess. Yeah, it's gonna melt your phone. Oh yeah. Dandy, have you had to throw your phone in a snowbank yet to cool her down? Two or three matches, and your phone's getting hot. <laughs> and that's just against the bot. Oh, my God. Oh, God, just against Sparky? Just against Sparky, it gets oh, hot. Oh, man. Yeah, I have I have a read on my phone. I've played maybe one or two matches against actual people. It's like I'm so far out of competitive on there that I'm just not even caring anymore. Right. It's it's probably been four or five months since I've opened Arena on my PC. And then once Arena came if on the phone, it's like, hey, I'll try it. And then, no. If I see there's free gems or free coins, I'll, I'll pop on and just claim those and log off. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that 550 co- uh, coin for 50 coin. Sure. I'll, I'll hop on for a quick sec and get those 500 coin. <laughs> yep. Got Wade ninety seven cooking bacon on his phone playing arena. It gets hot. Be careful. Might might melt your motherboard. But then you can get a new phone. And then melt it again. Right? That's what warranty's for, sir. Hey JB, what's our upcoming events here that we got? Okay. Back on track. Dang, Niv Mizzet here. I should, yeah, I should call you Danny, sir. That's Danny's job. Well, Danny wasn't helping there. Right? He's been gone for two weeks. He doesn't know how to do it yet. <laughs> He's got to get back on the horse. I see legs are still here. So anyway, we've got a Nerd Rage gaming series. This time they're running on MTGO. It's returning. Yes. It's going to be modern format. Entry fee is going to be $25 plus $250. i am assuming that's just an MTG Melee fee. They're going to be live covering it on Twitch. So that'll be cool. Do we have a date? Yeah, this uh, this. Sunday. Oh, there it is. Look at that. Scroll down, dumbass. <laughs> so you got to get your Chromebook back. I know I need my Chromebook back. This is retarded. Or, I don't like this. Or get your uh, spectacles on so you can see that tiny screen there. I gotta get my bifocals going. What are you talking about, trifocals? <laughs> I do. Stop it. My contacts are weighted, man. I have bifocals in them. That's how bad my eyesight is. You are, you are old. It's terrible. Just don't make fun of me. <laughs> Didn't know the bifocals. I suppose they have bifocals. They do make contacts with bifocals. Uh-huh. Mine are weighted. They sit in a certain way so I can actually... Yeah, I'm extremely nearsighted. It's terrible. It's travesty. Anyway, so this, this open is going to be happening on Sunday, February 21st. Deckless are due at check-in time at... 10.55 a.m. Central Daylight Time. Event starts at 11 a.m. Central Daylight Time. Deck lists are open. It's going to be Swiss based on attendance and a cut to top eight. And then they also have an ad in there for renting your deck with card hoarder if you're interested. This is going to be kind of cool to see Nerd Rage modern event. Right. Especially after the whole modern shakeup here that we'll talk about in like Probably the next 30 seconds. Yep. I unfortunately will be out of town, so I can't attend this. Otherwise, I think I would. Well, that seems like a good point to jump over to the next section and talk about the biggest news that we got today. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That's why I'm back. Dan- <laughs> Danny has been summoned. He was actually supposed to be gone the rest of February. Right? <laughs> but he's like, like, nah, I got to do this. Big BNR. I can I do saw, this. I saw it, and I immediately thought of Wade 97. <laughs> immediately thought of Wade. <laughs> Right? So, 
since so, Wade is in the chat, he, he's and you he's, have a BNR announcement. He's gonna get maybe ten percent of it because <laughs> he missed you, okay. he missed the last one. You got to at least do the one. Th- there's one big card that you got to do in ASMR at least. Which format? <laughs> oh my god! All of them? Nope. One <laughs> format. All one card. Wade, you tell me which one you want. <laughs> you got ten seconds. I don't think he's going to do it. <laughs> if you remember, there's a delay. Yeah, there's a 10-second delay, sir. But read it off. 10. 9. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, so now it's February 15th, 2001. Uh, we have quite a few bans and restrictions. Starting the list in historic, we have Omnath, Locus of Creation, is now banned. He's been moved from Suspended. Further along, we have Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, is banned. Finally. Even though I don't really... I guess I've, I've played against him a few times in Historic. But Moving along, we have Pioneer. We have... Uh, Matt, you, you pronounced this for me. Balustrades. There by. we go. That, that, that word. He's yes. banned. We have Teferi, Time Raveler. He's been banned. Undercity Informer has been banned. Again, we have Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, is banned. Wilderness Reclamation is last for Pioneer for this week. Uh, he has been banned. Moving along to Modern, we have Feel the Dead, Mystic Sanctuary. JB's jumping over here like an angel off the ground. Right? Excited. I hate that card. Simeon Spirit Guide has been banned. Tybalt's Trickery. And also, we, again, we have Earl, Titan of Nature's Wrath. Mark your bingo cards. Right? Yay, it's only been how long? <laughs> but you can get a cool secret lair version. Yeah, for I think I think that was, what, $23 just on Skyfall? That's what it was worth. Maybe even less. <laughs> right. Moving along to Legacy, we have um, Arkham's Astrolabe, Dreadhorge Arcanist, and one of the few... Set to use legal in Oko, Thief of Crowns. He got axed again, that poor guy. <laughs> that's that's what, seventeen down, two to go? Pretty much. I saw I saw a meme. I'm gonna put a break in here real quick. I saw a meme where someone put Oko's head on Thanos' body yep. and Thanos was ripping like where Thanos was ripping Vision's uh stone out of his head <laughs> and it was the stone was labeled vintage. <laughs> And Oko put it in his, his gauntlet. And I'm like, oh, man. That was funny. Wow. I thought it was funny. If I find it again, I'll post it in the Twitter Discord and stuff for y'all to see if you haven't seen it yet. And speaking of vintage, the one and only from vintage, we have Lurse of the Dream Den has been banned. Unbanned. unbanned. Oh, sorry, unbanned. unbanned. I can't unbanned. read. Words are hard, guys. It's been two weeks. Leave <laughs> right? me alone. Fine. He's been unbanned for those who play vintage. I don't. And we also had some rules change. So I'll just reading from the article. Additionally, we are updating the rules for Cascade to address interactions in older formats. This rule will be implemented on Magic Online on Wednesday, February 17th. The new rule for Cade is as follows. 702.84a. Cascade is a triggered ability that functions only while the spell with Cascade is on stack. Cascade means when you cast this spell, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card 
whose converted mana cost is less than the spe- spell's converted mana cost. You may cast that spell without paying its mana cost if its conver- if its converted mana cost is less than the spell's than this spell's converted mana cost. Then put all cards exiled this way that weren't cast on the bottom of your library in random order. Again, effective date is February 15th. Cascade rule effective to Magic Online on February 17th. So yeah, just more of a clarification on Cascade. But okay, yeah. so I need to wait until the 17th to start playing in the Mana Traders event again. <laughs> couple days wait there. So yeah, uh, essentially what this does is it um, restricts... It doesn't restrict you. You, you can't... With a MDFC, it's like what they did was split split cards if... Uh, is what everyone was describing it as. Gonna scroll down here to the article about it. So yeah, uh, modal double face cards were designed to allow both faces to be playable in all situations. For example, if an effect lets you cast the spell from the graveyard, players expect to be able to cast either face. Feedback has shown us, however, that in situations where certain criteria are mentioned, being able to play or cast the back face when it doesn't meet those criteria is not intuitive. So... If the spell, uh, the backside of the spell is more than the cascade, you can do it. Just if you remember the split card thing that they did, what was that, like two years ago or three years ago that they made the split card change? That's, yeah, I think so. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah, that that makes sense. It's like you shouldn't be able to cascade in the spell. Just because the front side is cheaper doesn't mean you could play the backside, even though the backside has a mana cost. Like uh, that, that should have just been obvious to those who are trying to, who are playing it, rather than oh hey nope, the, it sees the front side, not the back side, but the back side has a mana cost. Just doesn't make sense. It's like playing uh, what Avagen Archangel for free because the back side doesn't or the back side doesn't have a mana cost, and it's like oh hey it's split, it's a dual face card. I'm gonna just play the back side for free. But that's that's a flip card that has conditions and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know, but it's it's, it's for example. That's yeah, just I know it, it doesn't work that way, but Yeah, making it making it to where Yeah. You can't you can't get them uh Tibbles anymore. Good. Okay, so Mine's we got our JB's happy about got a, it. So got a good amount of cards here to talk about. Tibble. What 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 format specifically do we want to jump in on? I, I personally feel modern got uh Hit got taken down a peg. Yeah, they got the worst of the uh, worst of the swing. I think a lot of the pioneer stuff just kind of came out of nowhere for me, at least. But I mean, that's just, I haven't been playing a lot of pioneer lately, so I haven't been up on the meta. But I mean, that was just surprising that pioneer got as much as it did. They had to do something with pioneer because people just probably weren't playing it because of these cards, and hopefully now it might turn into a little bit, bit better of a format. I was kind of hoping they would maybe unban inverter, but. Oh, good lord. That deck is, like, people are going to hate this, but, like, I think that deck was barely offensive in that, like, it was just, like, this control deck. And I think there was ways to combat it when you got rid of these other threats in the format that people had to prepare for. Like, having to get rid of the Breach decks, you now freed up some sideboard slots for, like, Pithing Needle or something to get rid of, you know, the Jaces and whatnot. So I I think I would like to see Inverter come back around just to see if it was... You know, doable now, or if it's the only like real threat in the format on the high end. But I think all the others have had to go. Like they're just like nobody wants to play against Wilderness Reclamation decks, or wants to play against like people are like, oh, Unbanned Nexus of Fate. Like nobody wants to play against that. Those decks aren't fun. 
either way. But like Teferi being banned, yeah, it makes the Niv, Niv decks a little bit worse. And then the Spy Informer decks were just probably shouldn't have been around. They're like they're, they were the dredge of the format. They just shouldn't have existed. Yeah, that was that was crazy of a deck. Like only became a thing because of Zendikar. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on Inverter. In all honesty, because Inverter got axed in was it before Akoria? It was around Akoria yeah. time. I want to I want to say because Inverter was still around when Pioneer or uh, PT Houston was going to be a thing, and I think PT Houston was March, just at the beginning of. Has it really been that long since Inverter got the axe? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, because... Holy crap, because Ikoria was in April. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was around that time. I'll double check here. Y'all can talk about some players. Wow, has it been that long? Time flies when you're in a pandemic, huh? I'll be working from home in like within for a year, within two weeks here. It's just like... Jeez. Yeah, man. Uh, Fortunately for me, my job, I'm a garbage man, you know? Kind of hard to do my job from home. <laughs> right? I work on trailers and trucks. I can't do mine from home either. Well, I technically can do my job from home, but I don't. Yeah, because you're an intelligent engineer, sir. I'm not an engineer. I'm a drafter. Good, because I hate engineers. <laughs> I don't drive trains. I had to go, I had to go in on work, into work on Saturday, and I had to replace a blown airbag on a trailer, and it's the stupidest stupidest design ever and whoever invented it needs to be punched in the face like i wanted to punch every single engineer that drafted up any design on that trailer that's what i told mad about my car on saturday i was just done three hours to replace an airbag i was done it took us what seven hours to replace my battery on my car on saturday right i had to take the tire off take the wheel wall out then preston broke it bolts yeah preston told me about that yeah. He was happy. He was proud of himself. Had to go to asshole. It only took so long because we had to go to the store a couple times <laughs> get extra shit. It's like, uh. and then Danny here is not well equipped with tools. I am not. So I had to bring all my tools over. This is that. why I have friends with tools. Oh my god! Right, I've got a whole box full of stuff. I would have brought it to your shop, but the fact that it was right, you, you supposed you needed town. the battery to get there. No, no it was, we towed it. it. Oh. We towed it. It's the fact that it was across town. Oh, yeah, true. You you work in North Fargo. I well, was in South Fargo, and almost West Fargo. Honestly, on Saturday my shop was really really full. We had three three trucks, the yard truck, and a trailer in. There anyways, wasn't much room. Anyways, we're we're niv missing enough that there we, uh, he is. Back Danny's back, folks. Yeah, Danny's back. I still need to get a sound clip of that. Right. Just yell. You need to get your soundboard going now. And my soundboard's on my, on my computer at home. So <laughs> you have one on your phone though. But it's not the same. But well, it's better than nothing. It is, but it isn't. Especially when someone yells. <laughs> do you really want me to do it? So we got the legacy stuff. <laughs> I was and going to. I know people. And old Matt shut it down. People online were always for Oko getting banned. Like when when he got banned in pretty much everything else, they're like, "Well, what about legacy? It's oppressive in legacy still." And now we finally got axed. The, the, the Dreadhorde Arcanist, though, that one caught me off guard seeing that. See, all you got to do if you're playing against Blue Red Delver in Legacy, just play Knight of the Reliquary deck. Uh, I made somebody pretty tilted playing <laughs> playing my Knight of the Re- And it's a, a, let, me, let, me, let me 
break this down for you. It's just a jank ass green white taxes deck too. <laughs> and I stomped over Blue Red Delver. And I was he's just pissed. He's just like every time I'd lay something down. Oh, yep. Yep. That's yep. That <laughs> just tilted. It was great. And and mind you, I'm just dipping my toes into legacy. Like I am not a legacy pro by any means. Like I suck at legacy like it it was my shining moment that was the only win i got in league that weekend and it was just it was great i felt proud of myself i i just miss playing paper magic we would just play legacy all the time and now i'm just getting sad do you play on uh like video uh like spell table or over discord or zoom for some paper magic at all no i've just been sitting here shuffling a deck and just Feel, trying to feel anything at all. <laughs> so I'm not the only one that does that. I've I've oh, sat no, there for 45 minutes shuffling decks before, <laughs> and still lose. Oh, I'm pretty sure I won that game. Did you? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I won that game. All I know is we broke Matt that night. <laughs> I uh, I have poker chips and a magic deck here next to me, and I always just kind of like have something here to shuffle or, or you know chip shuffling or deck shuffling just because like i don't know just i miss miss doing things it's it's if it's your fidget spinner right it is my my steve rubin used to be my roommate and he had a bunch of fidget spinners and they, they would keep me like occupied and stuff but now they don't have them anymore it's like i definitely need something new yeah i've recently since uh lockdown been learning how to solve a rubik's cube <laughs> third layer is still the toughest for me to f- figure out that's my fidget spinner when i'm chilling at the computer doing stuff i don't know you solved my kids is yeah yeah it's just like okay i know how this is supposed to go it's, it takes a second like i can get the, the i can get the bottom two layers or bottom in the middle layer third layer top layers always just like i really gotta remember how that the the algorithm or whatever goes as you're turning it yep that's the right word but anyways, let's get back on topic. Yeah. Niv-Mizzet. We need to get uh, a little Niv-Mizzet counter on stream now. That would be pretty oh fun. Oh, God. We'd already recommended that like <laughs> four months ago. When it hits 10 plus, somebody wins something random. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Booster packs. Give away booster packs. Everybody no. loves booster packs. Matt has the collection on the wall. Dude. Yeah, he's got whole boxes he hasn't opened up yet. Yeah, he has Kelheim. He has uh, double, double masters. masters. There you go. We can give away double masters. Icoria. So Matt, you still haven't opened your Kaldheim bundle yet either. I have not. To see how crappy you, the quality of your die is. Yeah. Oh man, don't don't get me on that one. Yeah, I'm not. I I wasn't too excited with the uh, quality of mine either. I haven't gotten one side. I've seen so many posts too, where the the, the quality of the die in the bundles is just it's very very subpar pretty shoddy from die to die yeah it's the online pictures look so good but then right? when you see it in person it's just dull and it's it's not... it reminds me of the fast food menu pictures okay false advertisements like... <laughs> styrofoam <laughs> and glue the food in fast food menu just look amazing and then it's, you get it and it's, it's just it's styrofoam and glue Ugh. like why did i order this again well, clearly, you don't go to Hardee's. Hardee's is pretty good no, at making Hardee's, food look like the picture. Okay, Hardee's does to me what Taco Bell does to everybody else. Cleans oh, your man. system? Yes. <laughs> so you should go to Hardee's more often? No. 
I don't like spending every waking moment in the bathroom. <laughs> What, what are we talking about? We're talking about the bands. We're still, still talking about bands, guys. Yeah, because Danny didn't do any ASMR. We are just banning Hardys. What we're doing? Yes. <laughs> no, don't I ban agree. Hardys. I nope. Don't. They're they're one of the few fast food restaurants that's actually good for a burger. Oh God, I can't stand Hardys anymore. I just can't eat it. I don't know. Well, you're getting old, so that's I understandable. Am. I am. My stomach isn't as ironclad as it used to be. Uh, back to the bannings. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Three Smucks with Microphones. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, we, we didn't talk about, uh, well, uh, Stu, with your, your pedigree and legacy and stuff, like, what do you, what do you got on the Astrolabe and Dreadward Arcanist, really? Uh, I mean, I think Arcanist, I don't know. I feel like Arcanist was more of like, not the issue per se it was more of just like an additional thing in the deck where people kind of felt like they were falling behind but i think the real problem was like the mana was just too good and i think i would like to have seen arcanist not get banned because like a one three yeah legacy is mostly one drops and but it's a one three for two mana with i don't think it has any kind of evasion does it have it just has trample. Yep, that's all it's got is trample. Yeah. That's like, the only thing it has. You could, any number of the one removal spells takes care of it. I would like to see it stick around because I don't think it was particularly a problem, even though you're like, oh, I could reponder, reordain. It's like, fine, I guess. But, I mean, the other ones had to go, and I'm glad to, glad to see Oko and Arkham go away. And maybe Hogak will be more playable again. That would make me happy. <laughs> Like if, I, if I'm going to a series event, I'm probably playing some sort of like brainstorm force world deck. But if I'm going to go for like a local event, just have fun and do stuff, I'm going to play probably Hogak. I think that deck is just, I think a, I think the Hogak is very good, but I don't think it's just a lot of fun. Does uh, so I'm I'm not into I'm not into Legacy at at all. I know a little bit just by reading and stuff. Does the the Hogak deck is that just? self mill galore of like dredge of sorts or like how does that work compared because i'm still thinking of the the modern hogak deck um the only thing extra you really i mean it, it has the hedron crab uh engine to go along with like you guys have faithless looting you some careful studies uh but you really get like better mana and you have the cabal therapies they're, oh, they're kind cabal of like therapy. the real big thing when it comes to a deck i mean honestly this deck is you get bridge from below, which you didn't have, I guess, before. Like this deck is very, um, like, affordable when it comes to being like a legacy deck because it, it runs. I'm doing the math. Or it runs seven uh, dual lands, but you're the type of deck that your life. You're just trying to finish them off very quickly. Where like you play chalk lands instead. I think the deck would perform at a very similar win rate, with or without. So like somebody's looking for a deck to get into into legacy with. I think this is that with some. Uh, shock lands instead of dual lands if you don't have them is a pretty reasonable way to go. Because like the deck is, I mean, is incredibly incredibly affordable. I'm always down for cheap legacy decks. The one that I was looking at originally was Legacy Infect. That one seemed pretty easy. Here to we go into. again. That that form that that ability should just be wiped away from the Magic Universe. I don't know why they brought it back with Poison. It's just poison. It's not infect. Big difference between the two. I I don't know what it is about infect. I've never lost that deck. I don't think that deck is is 
good if you know what you're doing. You kind of like people, I think, get too like stressed out when they play a deck and they try to do something, make something happen sooner than they need to. And they're probably not as good at like balancing life totals or poison counters as they should be when it comes to like, oh, I don't, am I going to die here? Can I take this one? Yeah, I'll take one, whatever, and then do things. Yeah, it, it, everybody does seem to be more. Oh no! I got the first poison counter. I'm not gonna win. And then the tilt yeah, just like, like initiates from there. I don't know. Might of Corosa with Veil Summer to back it up, and you're gonna die. But like those those draws are so unlikely. It's like I don't know. Matt's turn would me. I don't know how many goddamn times with that shit. It's in modern though, mind you. Modern. Yes. Um, play more. Play more lava darts. I don't play red. <laughs> There's your problem. Play more lava darts. <laughs> I don't know how many times he's turned to me, and I just, oh, I just want to rip my table out of the ground and just dump it on his head. I also have a an infect commander deck that's pretty pretty solid as well. Yeah, you also have a mill commander deck that's stupid as hell too. So, I play. So my local my my store we um we're open. We're not really doing events or anything, but one of our locals stopped by because he needed a place to like hang out while waiting for his mom because we're at a mall. He got off work, came over, and he's like, I have to wait for my ride for a while. So I, I'm like, I'm there. It was after we were going to close. I'm like, I'll stick around for you because it's like 10 degrees out. And we sat down and played some EDH. And it was the first time I actually had played like Magic in a long time. And I'm just like, what am I even doing right now? This doesn't feel like magic. I'm just putting 20 lands into play on turn five and like <laughs> doing ridiculous things. Like, like EDH, I feel like it's just degenerate magic. It um, is. Yeah. It is. I, I love watching uh, CDA, uh, CEDH go off. Um, one of my favorite YouTube channels is uh, Casual, Casual, Casual EDH. They got, because it's like that high intensity where they can drop so many lands and they just got like all these efficient zero drop mana. Around. Then is it really casual? No, well, casually competitive. Uh, yeah, you, that's you, what it's called, casually you, competitive. You can't have both. I think I think that's the point, though. It's, it's, supposed to be, it's the irony. There we go. That's the word. <laughs> it's a good watch. And they got great things going off because they got like Mono Black Sir Conrad decks. I, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't watched this one yet, but they got Terrigrid, the new black, uh, Mono Black god from Kelheim. That thing is bonkers. <laughs> but anyway, since we've been off topic for so long, let's cover modern real quick here with their lands. Their, their bands, which has two lands. There we go. We're getting there. Don't worry, Word, Danny. Words are hard. It's okay. Fields of the Dead and Mystic Sanctuary. Thank God Mystic Sanctuary's gone. I'm a little sad about that, personally. You would be, you stupid Grixis player. That, that card needed to go. Yeah. See, finally, somebody agrees with me. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not gonna downgrade, or uh, I'm not going to argue the power level of the card. It, it's powerful. It's just that I liked playing with it, and now it, it's gone. It wouldn't have been so bad had it not been fetchable. Yeah. It's, I guess it comes to all those lands that came out in uh, Throne of Eldraine that were, were fetchable. Like It's cool that Watsi tried to, to push lands to that degree, but like when you got things like Mystic Sanctuary compared to Idyllic Grange, it's like it's light, it's night and day between those two. Yeah, it had 
it had to go. That was Field of the Dead as well. It just right. Also, Field of the Dead. I'm a little sad about because I got this mon. <laughs> I was brewing this mono green in search of greatness deck with prime time and stuff, and that and that that deck was looking good. But it's not hard to like change land slots on those. But so, probably the biggest card that got caught people off guard was the Simeon Spirit Guide. Right. That it's card an- just living on borrowed time forever. I don't know how it made it this long. I don't know. I, f- I feel like uh, Simeon Spirit Guide died for Tybalt's trickery sins. Well, if you're going to do that, then that's what happened for Mox Opal and uh, Faithless Urza. looting? Well, no. Mox Opal was di- went for Urza's sins and stuff, I guess, when that happened. Faithless looting. That one, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with Faithless looting being gone, I guess. But, I mean, Hogak definitely, like, it, Hogak abused Faithless looting a lot. Yes. I miss it with arc like Phoenix. I miss that deck being the deck. What else is so? We got ban air news coming out recently. Wait, wait, which one? I'm actually looking at the notes for the for the for the episode too. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not going. Through. I'm just I'm just like making sure I don't miss anything. I'm like, are we still on this? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think we can wrap up the ban ban talk unless you want to put any punctuations at the end of this. There, I nothing to really say. I mean, everybody's pretty much said it. I mean. I agree with pretty much everything. I'm happy that Loris got unbanned. Yeah, I think this was this was good and it feels like there's brand new formats to play. Excellent. Well, I think from there we can jump into that uh jump into Blockatog there. All right. So based on me being old and liking those older formats, <laughs> the question was the first one I saw was where's domain on the storm scale? For those that don't know, the storm scale is how likely a mechanic will come back. Storm being a 10, meaning it's probably not coming back anytime soon. Uh, he said called the domain, which is if you have basically one of every color, you have domain. So he called it a six. And that kind of surprised me. I think that's kind of like domain. It was a pretty like, like a low key mechanic that wasn't very overpowered when it came out or anything. So I was kind of surprised to see it's so high up on the list. I'm trying to get an example of what cards. I know I would dig more of a uh, context on something like that. Cause if I'm not mistaken, domain came out in original Ravnica, right? Like uh, dissension. Right. So like there, so it got its first keyword back then, but it, it's been around for a while in different forms. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, it, it used to not have a uh, key phrase like, uh, Tribal Flames is from Invasion. It's basically a domain card because you deal X damage where X is the number of basic land types. Oh, so, okay. That is or interesting. Like, or like Player Despair is all creatures get minus one, minus one for each basic land type among lands you control. So it was an Invasion Block idea that didn't really have a keyword. And then it got its keyword, um, I believe, in Shards. It was Shards, or, okay. So then you saw like uh, Magna Riders or Wardley Council or, you know, stuff like, stuff like that is when it got the actual keyword. But I was kind of surprised to see it so high up because I think it's a fairly normal sounding ability that wasn't very overpowered at all. So that one kind of was kind of interesting to me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be super, super powerful. Uh, I know, I, I think my first time interacting with this, I'm looking at some other uh, cards with Domain. Uh, Collective Restraint in EDH. I was looking at that card, and that's what 
yeah no that didn't seem like it's super strong i guess on the storm scale yeah i was i was really surprised by that one uh maybe there's just too many other things now that make basic land types too easy to get and they just feel like it could be too too easy to use well as soon as they start giving us dried of the elysian grove and whites maybe then it'll be <laughs> higher up on the storm scale because that makes all lands basic land types right uh so the next question was uh, the question was, you said the Alpha Beta limited dual lands are too powerful. If the reserve list wasn't a thing, would you even want to reprint them? And his answer was unlikely, which I think is super interesting and kind of gives an insight of where Morrow is when it comes to what should be reprinted and what shouldn't be reprinted off the reserve list. And unless in his mind, he thought this was, should these get reprinted in like a standard set? which I don't think he meant that per se. I think he just meant, would these get reprinted? And like, I assume that kind of call probably wouldn't be his at the end of the day when they want to, to sell product. Although putting a Wheel of Fortune in a moat in a set would sell it just as much as a dual land probably would. But it's kind of interesting just to see that like he's like unlikely when it came to even wanting to reprint dual lands. Which to me, I think dual lands are only needed for... Legacy and Vintage, I think that uh, EDH being a 100-card deck, meaning the individual impact of any one kind of land is not going to be as impactful as it is, say, Legacy. Also, it's, you're only one-ups. And there, at this point, there are so many other um, replacement lands to provide you know, your colors, your two-mana plus. Yeah. But like, I don't think you'd even really notice dual lands not being there. And I feel like that kind of opinion for me would get the entire most of the edh community on twitter ready to strangle me but i don't think anybody really needs dual, dual lands at this point the number of two mana lands there are available i 100 percent agree with that because you got you know again with like you said with shocks like the two two life is negligible we now have snow duels which can expand the snow synergies and stuff that decks can now try and go into and then like uh, pain lands as well or even the uh two uh, the two color you pay a colorless and then it taps for the two filters colors. Filters. filters there we go that's the word i was looking for well you also have the triomes yep the triomes as well now. and those are fe fetchable every set has has had dual lands of some sort in it to improve mana and it's just one of those things where like at some point you're you're, you're missing out fractions of percent probably with these not having dual lands in your deck I think the biggest thing when it comes to something like that is more of having a dual land seems to have the magic prestige behind it. And, you know, EDH players are definitely the the people that want that, you know, quote unquote prestige in their deck. That's why they always bling them out. They get the foils, they get the alternative arts. So I guess, you know, it's like a, a, a comment piece on your deck. And I, I can understand that aspect of why a person would want a dual land for that case. At the end of the day... It comes down to whale status. <laughs> Quote it. Make a pin. Make a shirt. Of yeah. cardboard. JB, what it is, it's, it's whale status at the end of the day, baby. It's flashing. <laughs> hey, look at this. I got money. Wham. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I think <laughs> that like, yeah, you, you, at some point in the table, you're like, hey, look at me. I'm the cock of the walk. But another time it's like, not really needed and like even whales like 
We did, I definitely have some whale um, customers, and like even they don't care about the dual lands and stuff that much. I mean, they're cool, like fooling up. It's like they can't fool out of a dual land. And they just want to like right. you know cool. They want to see cool versions of cards in their deck more than they want to like you know the super expensive individual version of a card. Yeah. I mean, that's where you get like all these uh, commission artists and stuff that draw over cards. Like, oh, yeah, like, people. I think a lot of people I have there, especially Wells, would love a a, 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 a Krug, um altered card over just like some regular dual land. And like, here's the thing: I like having. I think marketing stuff towards Wells is very smart, and I think that like it's also super important for the economy of the game because they are the ones opening up all this like super high end product. That gets the singles out there in the market. It helps push down the value of like the normal cards. I mean, like standard has never been cheaper than it is now because nothing, everything is so incredibly cheap. Like everybody was freaking about Oro being a forty dollar card, and like a lot of y'all weren't around for Baneslayer being a hundred dollar card at a PTQ the morning of. Like those were like those were really bad. Or like Harmagoy getting up to like seventy five, eighty dollars during its time in standard, and like. Right now, like, is there any card that's like moderately expensive and standard? I'm looking at uh, MTG Goldfish right now for the standard meta game, and Sultai Control is at three hundred and thirteen dollars, roughly uh, average for the deck. Uh, the Is it Control decks are two hundred and fifty. The Demir Rogues is one seventy five. So, like, these are all cheap. Like, this is, I mean, and these are all competitive decks too. That's the yeah, thing is like these are competitive. Any number kind of ways. So if you think $175 for a standard deck is too much, there are other ways to enjoy Magic and play Magic. Yeah, my mono red deck for Modern is $57. Yeah. yeah. And and, like, I, and I'll drop a shock for 12 damage. Yeah. Like, I'm so. looking at all the standard cards on Goldfish, trying to find the most expensive one, according to Goldfish. And, like, $33? Is that four clicks? Uh, most likely. I know when we talk about like modern decks and stuff, one of our biggest things to help reduce a price of a modern deck by a couple hundred dollars is, you know, hold back on getting the shock lands or the fetch lands. And it's like, yeah, you're going to be losing out on like some efficiency points, but you're going to be able to play a lot of these decks that we talk about without those fetch lands. Yeah. Right. And it, it, oh, Great Henge is the winner at $50. That's also yep. an EDH card more yes. than a standard thing. Uh, the thing about the, like stuff like the Shocklands, I think those are fairly safe to buy into even because one, they're all mostly fairly cheap and two, you know they're going to be back around at standard at some point. So yep. if you, you get your money's worth out of cards, which I think is something people don't realize is like you do get value out of these cards more than just the buy and sell value. You get the play value, which if you buy a copy of Monopoly, you're not going to get out of it for what you paid in where the Magic card you, you get pretty damn close and you get to play with the card as well. So I think that is something else that should be considered when it comes to like, oh, you're saving money, but at the same time, these will just be good forever. Yep. You have them. So I, I got one question for you here. Um, when you, we were talking about, you know, the, the, the whales, the, the high rollers that can buy these more uh, premium products and stuff. So when it came to like double masters and how that was marketed for, the the high rollers and stuff what was what is your take when it came to something like that because you know like the whole uh, i'm sure you saw online the whole twitter everyone was like this is not cool that wizards is making this so hard for people to get 
so much money for a pack. So like, what, what, what was your, what, what is, what was your stance on double masters? Cause I feel like that's a good example of that, you know, premium uh, product and all those prices like jump down, drop down of like the cars, like Tron lands, uh, Karn. Yeah. So it, it's just people not kind of like one, I think people were just complaining for clicks and like, I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to do that here, but like <laughs> you definitely see more named people complaining about, oh, this product's $12.99 or $11.99. This is, this is outrageous. How is somebody going to afford this? I'm like, well, nobody can play with booster packs. Like nobody's going to stick a booster pack into a sleeve and play it in their deck. People want to be able to buy cards for their decks that are more cheap or more affordable. And like you do that by cracking this product and getting it out there and Whales, they want the, the box toppers, the full box toppers. We can only get those by cracking product. And that got so much of the stuff into circulation that drove the prices and singles that people wanted down and then made the game so much more affordable for everybody. I mean, there's still cards that haven't recovered from double masters, ultimate masters yet. So, like, you, you have to appeal to the quote unquote whales to get the prices down to where formats are affordable because if product's not being opened, well, then the formats are going to get super expensive again. And then people are going to complain about the formats being expensive and $100 base layers again. So that's the same thing to collector boosters. Oh, it's a will product. Yeah, well, collector boosters are the reason why, um, what, find a card that's super playable right now. Goldspan Dragon is a $16 card and not a $50 card. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that, and I think the, I think marketing stuff to the Wells is perfectly fine. They have every right to be part of the, the community and every right to have product that's tailored to them because honestly there hasn't been very much that in the history of magic and i think that um doing these things kind of gets stuff out there for people to have i mean like yeah you want a super high-end version of like the fairy well you don't want to buy the whole thing but these quote-unquote wells buying it and then piecing out the pieces they want and don't want well it puts singles of the fairy into the market for you to buy at a cheaper price so that, that's kind of my whole rant on why i think whales are perfectly a fine part of it community and actually probably almost more important when it comes to making the game cheaper also is economics i had a business major i'm an accountant have a master of accounting and economics background as well so it's like i kind of get it so i'll also I'll defend watsy at times on the internet which gets me yelled at too but i get it but then i mean i also yell at watsy when they do stupid stuff too like i have no problem yelling at them all the time so well that's that's a good position to be in it's like you know be on both sides like okay i understand watsy why you're doing this but then at the same time watsy why are you doing this then like yeah like you, you hold them accountable at the same time take a step back and understand you know this, go like two levels up and you kind of see oh this is what the picture was they, they made the game so affordable with double master and ultimate masters and then like is there another masters i'm missing somewhere i don't even know uh commander legends yeah reprinted a bunch of stuff um high probably remaster is going to drive prices down you're going to all those older versions of cards that aren't aren't the old border just being dumped into the market, which are going to drive those prices down. Force of Will is I'll around eighty be, bucks because of this. Yeah, I will be spending a little way too much money on Times Borrow to get the old old style cards. I think so that might be a problem for me because I think they look so nice. <laughs> well, that's the thing with the old style cards, though. Oh, with new Times Borrow, then. Yeah, like, I am. I am very excited for that. It's gonna get a lot of a lot of people in on there, just like look because um, uh, Lotus Bloom. Not... Don't even get me started now. Oh, JB, calm yourself. 
Sorry. Adnaz yeah, is dead, so now Lotus Bloom is horse shit. Good timing on their part to have that be the pre-release card. Right? Here's a promo, Lotus Bloom. We're going to promote Adnaz. Oh, wait, now we're going to freaking ban Simeon Spear Guides. So now we're going to kill your deck. So, yeah. So, you guys want me to move on to the next question? Yep. Let's keep let's keep going through here. All right. So, the next one is also reprint related. It's like reprints are rampant nowadays. Have you thought about making a new reserve list at some point? Then he goes, if I'm reading the room correctly, that wouldn't be popular. No shit. <laughs> Nobody would like that. So but any, Anybody asking for a new reserve list is just like with new cards on it from like modern stuff. It's just, just asking to like get beat down with a bunch of pillows and oranges in them. <laughs> just, that, the, yeah, that, that question I saw and started laughing like people just need to, need to stop. People ask some bizarre questions, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm usually I'm usually going through like four or five pages to find before I find one that's actually acceptable or actually makes sense. Yeah, like I, like I said, I am somebody who owns. I have a full set of dual lands, full set of power, full set of workshops. Had them forever, and like I would love nothing more to see the uh, the reserve list go away. I think I think that would just solve so many headaches. I get to use my cards a lot more. Yeah, I don't think my I would not lose any value on my cards at all. So it just, and I think that they have the legal, the legal right to do it. Like I, I think that they would, any money they would quote unquote potentially lose on a lawsuit, they would make up with whatever set they release that have those cards. Yeah, yeah, like they're they're gonna they would make money on that. And then also, I just think too, they have enough money to just pound this whatever lawsuit into into dust and like. They could just lean on the people, basically, and keep pushing it back and back until it goes away. Which is, quote unquote, it's, it's a corporation. They do corporation things when it comes to the legal side. But like, I think they would be completely safe to do it. I think that the vast majority of people in the community would actually back them on this instead of the people doing the lawsuit, which you, which is, you never see. You never see the people backing major corporations on lawsuits for the most part. And I think you would have the vast majority of people backing Watsy on the lawsuit to get rid of the reserve list. Yeah, so. yeah, because what most of the most of the players now are not old enough to have reserve list cards. I think a lot of the players now don't even don't even know about it. Don't understand like how the reserve list stuff and like how this thing has been going on since because the reserve list was two thousand two when it got established. Remember. It was early two thousands. Yeah, well, it goes both ways. One, you have your population of players is actually getting older uh, because the, all the players that started out before were kids. Like, oh, I can't afford a dual land or power or whatever. Yep. And like now they're adults with jobs. And like, well, now I can. Same thing you're seeing with Pokemon. Pokemon is like, you know, was five, six years after Magic. And now you're seeing its big push five, six years after Magic is having its big push because all those people growing up are now getting into it. And I think the Pokemon is going to be more sticky because you have celebrities like Steve Aoki doing first edition basic box breaks on on Twitch. Magic doesn't have that. We have, nope. Like, there's no celebrity because we don't. For some, uh, this is. All right, I'm going to rant into this one because this just blows my mind. What they give do. it to when us. Let's, to, let's like, get this. Spoilers. When it comes to the spoilers and stuff, I think Watsi handles this so so poorly. It blows my mind. There are people out there. They should be tar- not like these. Not to pick like not say you guys. I don't know. You guys have sixty three followers on Twitter or whatever. I'm not yep. saying get a spoiler card, but like 
what does it do to give you guys one when it comes to like getting new people into the game? You guys still there? Yeah, we're still here. It like does does nothing if if we got something. Yeah, this was screen stopped moving, so I didn't know. Oh, oh no, yeah, we're still here. <laughs> like, did you guys just kick me off for this? No. no. <laughs> so like, like if you guys got one, and like, well, I'd be happy you guys got one, but at the same time, it's like, well, there's 63 viewers. What's it gonna do? Mm-hmm. But then there's somebody like there's this guy Hutch, who I've watched forever from his Call of Duty playing days. He has like 150 thousand followers. And he likes magic, like Watsy. Give him some money and have him spoil out three or four cards. Like that's how you build a new audience of players. Yeah. He actually was, and like I tweeted this out like a day, and then two days later, next thing I know, Hutch is streaming magic with hashtag sponsored. And I was like, like, did I just do this? This what? And then like, then there's like GM Hikaru or like the Botez sisters playing chess. Like they get like tens of thousands of people watching them play chess and there's all these comparisons to magic and chess give them some money from spoilers or kevin martin who plays poker you know poker and magic have this big thing give him some money don't give out spoilers to people that have like a don't give out spoilers to people who just regularly play magic other than like your rivals mpl players whatever but like don't give it to like the people who have like three thousand followers and they're all entrenched magic players but you're not going to get anybody new into the game and all of us who are absorbing the spoilers, we're just going to mythic spoiler to look at them anyway. I'm not yep. catching the person with 400 followers on Twitter. I'm just seeing uh, Sam Party retweeted at some point. Like it's just one of those things where like I think they should refocus how spoilers and everything go. And I think they are just like leaving money and new players on the table by not. I would go find the biggest Hearthstone and Magic and Pokemon players. And give them some money to like get them into magic and try to like, you know, get them that way. I just don't understand why they don't want to spend. And honestly, they would have to spend fifteen thousand dollars a set to probably do this. Like that is that is pennies. And then like give give some other people like some commons and uncommons, whatever. But like you have to find a new audience and you want to continue to grow the game, especially in the digital pushing. And it's like go go give. Andrea and Alexandra Botez, you know, $1,000 and give them a couple cards to spoil and like, you, you'll get 10,000 people, new eyes on magic. And it's just like, and like the thing with like, I this is a whole other thing too, but like Elizabeth Eden, she, you know, she has 150,000 followers on her account, more than the esports account. And they were just like, yeah, sorry, we'll have sexy pictures of, of people on our cards, but because you're in a modeling industry and whatnot, we don't want to give you any kind of exposure whatsoever. And like, she's like the biggest magic nerd possible. And it's right? just like, what are, what are we doing here? Like, her, her and I talked about this plenty of times and ran, both ranted off on it too. And it's just like, it just, it doesn't make any sense when they want to go one way and then do the other. Like Hasbro funded the Transformer movies. We were all about, and all freaking what's his face, Michael Bay wanted to do was flaunt out um, Megan Fox all the time to the point where like it was awkward and Megan Fox is like this is awkward but like Hadro was okay with that for four movies but then want to try to build our game here it's like what are we doing so that is those are my four blogatons that I like anything thank you so much for those no problem they went off like four different rants it's how that goes we got very good nivmizity times we will be jumping into some news quickies here then and then 
can everyone loves the right am i allowed to say that oh of course uh we are uh we label all these explicit so people who click on them know that we're not child friendly <laughs> well we try to be but when have we ever tried to be <laughs> you guys are definitely never getting a, a spoiler yep yep nope well, I mean, that's not necessarily true. The Commander Cookout guys, they, they talk about dicks and dinks and shit like that all the time, and they got a spoiler card, if I'm not mistaken. I have no idea who they are. They got a spoiler card? That's yeah. the other thing. They just give spoiler cards to people, I'm like, I have no idea who they are. Yeah, uh, Commander Cookout is this uh, Canadian EDH podcast. They're pretty uh, fun. Canadian. They're just super nice, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was, pre- it was pretty fun. <laughs> they're, good, they're a good podcast. They're the like the EDH podcast I listen to when I'm at work because they're fun because they just talk like, oh yeah, this card totally dink stomps all these guys and stuff. And it's like, yes, that's how I want to, uh, I want to imagine my EDH kind of games because I'm, I don't know, I, I'm not like super competitive when it comes to EDH. Don't lie, man. Not super competitive. Man, don't lie. I like winning. I'm not going to take that away from you. I like winning. <laughs> don't lie. But I got some jank stupid decks like an infect deck or that mill deck. And then like five color neck you saw. I got a your, I got a your morph- mill your mill deck is a two card combo kill someone because well, you mean, milled their entire deck with two cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gr- uh, grindstone painter servants. Because yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to think uh, what kind of new things happened besides the bands because that was the kind of thing. It's like other than the tournaments and the bands, it's like what else happened this past week? I felt like it was a slow week. Yeah, a, a pretty slow week. We they announced that they're going to be having an arena open again, which is kind of a big deal. That's that's always cool because you can win two thousand dollars. I love those those things. Like I think those are so cool. And they're rebuy events. Like I used to be a full time poker player. I love rebuy events. It helps. Like you know, they just being being able to like ah you know random rough beats and try again. Uh, Low entry fee, low you know (laughs) exposure because like. People are willing to shell out ninety dollars to go to a Grand Prix or more, so be able to fire off like a couple bullets at a arena open for like fifty bucks for a day's worth of entertainment. It's pretty good value. Yeah, and they're trying different things because this one is going to be uh, sealed. Yeah, I, I, that is the one thing where I might go under the arena and play some Magic because like limited is is probably my favorite form of Magic. You want to get real good at magic? Play a lot of limited. Damn. Yeah, arena uh, playing limited is how you get really good at magic. You get really good at you know sequencing plays, blocking, attacking. Uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, so we we block. We're always blocking. <laughs> we attack. We're gonna block. My friend, he ran. He attacked his one one to my one two, and I'm like, you know what? Block. And he just put his one one into the graveyard. It's like you're not gonna get me with some bluffing con- combat shenaniganery. Nope, they're just they're just you're just gonna block. I just, it's also kind of a tempo play because like they just spend mana on their turn to like remove your creature out of the way. They don't get to advance their board, and you get to take, kind of take over the priority. I do enjoy, I do enjoy limited. Danny, you want to tell us about this new secret layer drop series that was announced as well? Oh yeah, uh, the Smitten Super Drop twenty twenty one. Smitten Super Drop. It is love the name. A mixture of different cards. I wish that they would actually have a list. I mean, I have it here. If you want me to go through it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So there's the fairy one, fairy fairy rad with mist blind click, glenalandrel, the dying click, and spell sorter sprite. 
Um, that one's Olean foil, which makes me sad because I definitely would have bought some Skullstar sprites for my pupper deck. Yeah, this art looks um, pretty good with it. There is the Unfathomable Crushing Brutality Basic Lands, which has some super gnarly metal-looking basic lands. I those, definitely want those. Yeah, those look sick. Uh, foil and non-foil. Uh, there's the Valentine's Day 2021, which is a bunch of red and white cards. There's Boros Charm, uh, Gisela, Blade of Gold Knight, Goblin Rabble Master, which is adorable. Heliod yeah. Sun Crown, Monastery Swift Spear, and then a Goblin Token. That Goblin Token. <laughs> the, the Heliod didn't really feel on par with everything else for me personally. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the art's super cool, but that, that one definitely didn't feel... It's like, which one of these is not like the other? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the Showcase Caldheim Part 1, which is Primeval Titan, Frost Titan, or Oak. And then we have number two, which is Inferno Titan, Grave Titan, and Kroxa. So, is there no Sun Titan? Nope, oh. no Sun Titan in this one. Which, yeah. it makes me think that they gotta be doing some sort of secret layer drop within the next couple months just to just to have a Kel... But what would they do with a Keldheim Sun, Sun Titan? Sun board? Titan, $30 Sun Titan. Just for the card. Yeah. Just for the card. Because he's one of the only legal ones. It's DLC for the, for the showcases. <laughs> um, as for if this is worth it, I mean, the total thing is a two fifty nine for one of everything. All foil. I, yeah, it's All the foil, foil and, versions. It's just one of everything. It's foil and non-foil for each drop. Oh, okay, okay. I just don't know. Does it? Do they include the Planeswalker still or no? Uh... I don't, let's see. Uh, uh, I don't think they said anything about the stained glass planeswalkers being in there. I don't believe so. No, I think they've gone through them all. So that makes it kind of weird if this is worth it or not. Because like the, the the planeswalkers really gave you extra value with the purchases. I'm gonna do some fast math real quick and see just like how many how much do you get here. I'm going to do some math to see how many cards you get. Just do quick math. We get 3, 6, 9, 12, 24, 34. Is it 38 cards? I think you get 38 cards if you buy them all. I mean, you divide that over 251. Paying like $6.60 per card, which isn't awful because I think like the land should be more than that. I think like the, these Primeval Titan, Oro, and Grave Titan would be more than that. Oh, Rock for sure. V click will probably be more than that. So it's actually probably pretty close to being fine. Value wise, yeah, I'd say so. And I think all the art's pretty solid on each one of them as well. Right, and like, then they got a good chunk of cards that, you know, all all types of formats are gonna be wanting. Like in the Boros one, like or in the the life gain one, like Boros Charm, EDH players love Boros Charm. Gisela Blade of Gold Knight is a big EDH card as well. Like I might pick up the Swift Spears for my uh, for Mono Red. Mm-hmm. And Goblin players are just gonna want that extra Goblin token. Like they're just gonna want a, a big chunk of those. Yeah, the Titan art looks so good. With the Keldheim border, like I was, I'm, I'm glad about those ones. I'm debating on. So when I buy these, I'll usually buy the drops because you save money. And I usually buy like ten of them. 10 of the super drops to like break apart and sell i'm just trying to figure out if it's like i have a couple more days to figure it out but like 
it's up in the air because like how soon am I going to get them? What condition are you going to, I mean, I don't sit on them so they won't like really curl for me unless they come already curled in the boxes, which usually they don't because they're pretty well secured down unless they sit around for a long time. But yeah, I'm not sure. I will say I just got notification that my party hard shred harder is coming in next week. So that oh, is nice. about two months, uh, eight weeks. Because it happened uh, before Christmas, right? I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, it was like the the twelfth. Couple weeks before Christmas. Yeah, so I ordered it the twelfth. They charged my card earlier this week, and it's getting shipped and should be here next week. Nice. Oh, so they don't charge your card until it's time to. Oh yes, and that's a new thing that they're doing as well. Um, I think they did they cover that in their article as well in this one. I don't think they did. I think you got to go elsewhere that but yeah that's the thing is like they don't they uh they put your card on hold but they will not charge it until the product is ready to get shipped because of the whole uh secret layer debacle that happened earlier on where things just kept getting delayed where they needed to have a whole extra website to let you know the pr- uh, the, the progress of your secret layer and secret layers being like four, three four months back like people still weren't getting their stargazers in in until summer Right. And like that was COVID and like, I don't, I can't, anything that happened for those first couple months of COVID or whatever, like even up through September, like the way these large companies work, like timelines and supply chains, like everything just got like crushed. So like, I get it. And I get that like these secret layers were like at the bottom of their priority list when it came to like getting out commander legends and everything. Right. So what's happening? Secret anniversary is preparing for fulfillment, smitten is in pre-production. Extra Life in November was shipping completed today. Oh, nice. So that's like four months. Uh, Smitten is supposed to go out early April. So that's only two months. So they're getting back, getting back to production style. That's good. Yeah, you got, you, got, uh, you know, shots, uh, vaccines going out and people, uh, I don't know, things yeah. seem to be moving a little better. It just feels like there's now a plan when it comes to the vaccines and getting out and everything, which, which makes th- people feel better too about stuff. Oh, for sure. So that's, you know, they were saying that I forget there are days like Biden secured like enough vaccines to get everybody by like summertime, which means they'll go a little bit longer because actually getting that many people vaccine, but like you could potentially see like in-store play return by the fall. Right. I am down for something like that. If we could go back to J-Dubs and just start smashing cards. Right. Uh, J- like, I think that, like, even, even if Wasty, like, pushed it through the end of the year, you're going to see stores just being like, hey, we're all vaccinated. We're going to have play. So, like, I think you might see stores, like, putting pressure on Wasty to, like, lift this uh, this embargo and in-store play sooner rather than later. For I mean, sure. I mean, we we have lost... I want to say a minimum of like $50,000 this past year because of like not being able to have events. Woof. That's significant. It's a good chunk yeah. of change. Yeah. So the, well, if I bought in April or August of 2019. So I got to enjoy six months before everything went to shit. And the first thing I did when I bought the store was make a oh shit fund where <laughs> if oh shit, something's happened, there's money there to, to bail us out. And like we're almost at the end of that, so I would like to like get out of this while I sell the store. 
right? Because man, uh, there's there's always been stories of stores just having to permanently close and stuff due to COVID, and that, that right, didn't... yeah. So we're hoping we're hoping to make it through these last few months and then be good to go. So speaking of money, oh god, Ooh, good transition. You want to tell us about that one then? There, the Dan? band Planeswalker just kicked off the Kickstarter today. Yeah, they did. Who is it? A band called Planeswalker. A band. Oh. Yeah. They are a power metal band uh, formed by Sozos Michael and Jason Ashcraft, known from Helion Prime. Uh, that's a, a sci-fi power power metal band. Huh. But they have a uh, singer and the guitarist of Helion Prime. Uh, Sozos is the ex-singer uh, because he lives in Cyprus and touring with him in Cyprus and everybody else in the United States was a little hard logistically. So, Yeah, I get, I get that. So they're doing an online uh, workaround, and they made Planeswalker the band. Huh? Give us a give us a read on that uh, Kickstarter there, Danny. Then because they just uh, launched it today. Uh, like what do you want? I guess is the question. Synopsis. Yeah. Just a general overview. They want your money. That's the general overview. There you go. I can live Uh, with that. No, like uh, what Matt was saying, just a quick overview of their campaign. Planeswalkers is a project featuring Jason Ashcraft of Helium Prime Dire Peril, and so is Michael X Helium Prime Harmonize. Um, so Jason approached Zozo with the idea of starting a new project together based on the lore of the popular card game Magic the Gathering. Uh, now the band is ready to release their debut EP, which will feature five original songs and two covers. One cover will be a Kickstarter exclusive that you can only get from a digital download or physical copy. But here are the five songs, or seven songs, I guess. Uh, The one is Tales of Magic. Two is The Spark. Three is Untitled, which was their Kickstarter preview demo, which was called Summoning Sickness. Uh, The Forever Serpent, Oath of the Gatewatch, a million to one, which is a kiss cover, and Once Upon a December. Which is the song from Anastasia, the movie, back in what, early two thousands or whenever that movie came out. Yep. Oh man, the wife would love that well, one. It has to be better than Chapin's rap album, so <laughs> Oh my god. What that, that that was a while ago with Chapin's rap uh rap rap album, right? God, cause uh, I, I know yeah. I know I know jokes of it. I never listened to it. I don't. Perfect. Do you a solid? No, don't do it. Okay. It's it's just, it's just cringy. I don't know. With uh, Planeswalkers, they're looking to their goal is to get forty five hundred dollars. And right now, as of today, just launching today, they're at twenty six ninety one. They got forty five backers, and there's still a whole month to go. Oh, that's yep. awesome. That is awesome. Uh, some of their Kickstarters, uh. uh rewards and stuff you get like uh kickstarter exclusive t-shirts you get uh there's also another t-shirt that just comes out where you can purchase that one after the fact uh they have digital downloads uh physical copies of the cds at different pledge levels there's one where you can get get an idea or get a, a design to jason to get tattooed on his body and stuff like that but yeah we did a to all those listening, we did a interview with them just last night. The episode dropped today in tandem with their Kickstarter and that, stuff. That it did. 
So if you haven't listened to that one yet, go there and they talk more in depth of about like the process of going through some of the uh, summoning sickness. Their demo song. It was a it was a fun time and glad glad that we did that one. <laughs> it only took JB an hour and a half to get. Skype though. No, it did not. It took me like what fifteen minutes. Yeah, nope. because we did half yeah, was, half the job for you. Yeah, we we signed you up for Skype on there. <laughs> I can't help it. Okay, I'm old. I hate technology. <laughs> and for some reason, I thought we were starting a half an hour later than we were. I don't know why, but there there's my Alzheimer's kicking in. Getting old, kid. Right. Links in the description below for the Kickstarter. Highly worth checking out at least. Uh, the demo as well. Like the demo solid and their first single that they did, The Forever Serpent. That lead us next to TCG Player is now introducing TCG Player POS plugin, a technology that enhances your existing POS. Excuse me. <laughs> and we are all adults huh. here that, you know, are going to keep straight faces as we talk about POSs, I guess. POSs are always POSs. I have no comment. <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing I say about TCG Player will be constructive. Right. Uh, TCG Player, the leading online technology platform for a collectible for the collectible industry, today announced the beta launch of TCG Player's POS plugin, an easy-to-use cloud-based tool that integrates customer point-of-sales systems and TCG Player offering to optimize inventory management and streamline customer operations. TCG Player has chosen Square Incorporated and Shopify Incorporated as launch partners for the Surface offering which will be available for select local gaming stores starting next month, with a broader launch expected later this year. The tool is designed to work for ev- or with every POS system available for local gaming stores. And then it has enhanced existing POS systems, so their plug-in tool doesn't replace your existing one. Instead, it allows you to add an online storefront and in-store kiosks to your POS of choice. Uh, streamline your in-store shopping experience, providing unlimited access to in-store kiosks, collectible card image scanning software. That one's actually kind of cool to think about. Uh, channels for in-store and marketplace inventory management and pricing. Maximize your margins with scheduled pricing updates. Based on TCG players' industry-leading price data, sellers have access to searchable databases that save time for in-store staff and customers. No more flipping through binders or checking boxes for inventory. Uh, Automative manual inventory management tasks. Wow, I can't believe I actually said that without fumbling. Like, looking at that whole sentence, I'm like, I should have stumbled over something in there, that one. Uh... TCG Player's new POS plugin, your inventory will automatically update as your customers complete each checkout, ensuring your catalog is always up to date. And then, yeah, we'll link to this below if you want to. It's not much more of the article well, uh, other than that, but uh, Stu, do you have any any comments on this or contractually not allowed to have comments on something like this? I'll just say it's about time TCG Player used that money for something other than pirate ships in their, in their <laughs> corporate headquarters. <laughs> so this is going to be a good thing, you think? We'll see. Well, it's a POS system. <laughs> in more than one way. We all have the same opinion on it. Well, maybe we'll get you back on uh, when this becomes more, uh, out, out, I guess, out of their beta and stuff when it becomes available for more stores. I yeah. Anytime you guys want me back, I'll be I'll be glad to make a reappearance. Hell yeah! 
heard it here, folks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that'll cover up the news section for this week. And we're going to quickly skim through the finance, get to the deck of the week. So the finance section, as always, we read off of the weekly winners article provided by mtgstocks.com. It is an article that uh, they post every Friday where they talk about three cards that they see move up in price and want to bring to people's attention. And then they have three cards that move down in price they want to bring to people's attention. Prices may have changed since Friday because we record on Monday, and we'll let you know when that happens. First off, we have Sky Shroud Poacher. Green, green, two for a 2-2 rebel creature that has a human rebel that has an activated ability of three. Tap, search your library for an elf permanent card and put it on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. This card has moved up 618% to $26, and this has been moving up in price because of elf tribals. With Keldheim coming out, uh, Elves got like a, a huge boost. Like people have been keeping an eye on on elves. Last week we had Elvish Champion was one that moved up super big. That 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 bumped up. Next we have Glamour Die. The card is blue one instant. Change the text of target spell or permanent by replacing all instants of one color with another. And it has retrace, so you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land card in addition to paying its other types. Uh, this one is an interesting one. Uh, three weeks ago, they discussed Whim of Walrath that was moving up due to Orvar commander-style decks. Orvar, the old form, the uh, shapeshifter. The beauty, it says here in the article, the beauty of Whim of Volrath is that it's a recurrable buyback instant spell that can target any permanent, meaning that with Orvar, you can make a copy of anything you like, including lands, and create infinite mana with Paragon Drake and, or Chromaticory. And Glamour Die falls into the same category. You can target a permanent at instant speed, but you can also keep casting it with retrace. As long as you have a land card in your hand, you can keep discarding. They note here that a card that they have seen barely move is Trait Doctoring, which is blue sorcery. Change the text of target permanent by replacing all instances of one color, uh, one color word with another one or one basic land type with another one until end of turn it has cypher so uh with cypher then you may exile this spell encoded on a creature you control whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player its controller may cast a copy of the encoded spell without paying its mana cost yeah moving up in price for orvar the old form did i say this jumped up to five dollars fifty cents 452 percent from earlier i, I think don't I, think you did i think i missed that yeah i think you might have i did then this one is yep. interesting because it's not a winner. Just, just read it. We have Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath. Green, blue, one for a 6-6 six, six legendary Elder Giant. When it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. When Uro enters the battlefield or attacks, you gain through life and draw a card. Then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, and it has escape of green, green, blue, blue. Exile five other cards from your graveyard. This card has dipped down 10%, is now at 38 bucks. And uh, in the article here, it says, Uro definitely isn't a winner, but I did want to discuss him, as many people have noticed Uro was announced to be banned in the near future in several formats. Uh, the Secret Lair, Smitten Super Dropped, was announced by Wizards 
one of the secret layers in the is the showcase Keldheim part one containing a unique art of Uro Titan Nature's Wrath. And then it talks it talked about it on Friday before the official BNR. So uh, as you can read, Earl will be banned in Pioneer Modern Historic. This obviously had an impact on the price. The average listing price for Earl went down from 43 to $38. Now, this doesn't seem too exciting, but the market price went down from 41 to 17 which is a minus 58% change. I'm not sure what the bottom will be for Earl, but people who bought into it at 40 bucks are not happy since they barely got to since they barely got to any physical play with it because of the pandemic. What also doesn't help the $40 price tag is that you can now get an Uro for $25 by buying the Secret Lair, and you'll get Frost Titan and Primeval Titan with it as well. <laughs> no one's going to pay $40 for an Uro at the time when you can get a far better deal from Wizards directly. That was an interesting choice for <laughs> a weekly winner, I guess. But then we have some cheap pickups, JB. Tell us about those cheap, cheap cards we can get. All right, so we got some cheap pickups. Now, please note the record low that they considered for the price of a card is over the past seven years. They just look at the past seven years. Sometimes they've been cheaper decades ago. Sometimes they'll still be cheaper, you know, in weeks to come. So just keep that in mind. First up, we have a double master's print of Noble Hierarch, your favorite little exalted mana rock. Yeah. Gotta love it. Sitting at $13.61, record low, and so far has bottomed out. Definitely a good price to pick them up. I think I need a couple more of those. Yeah, I I could use a couple more too. So then next up we have Hallowed Fountain, your blue-white Shockland. This one's coming out of Ravnica Allegiance. Uh, sitting at $7.10, record low, and slowly de- trending down. I've noticed that they've been pretty cheap too. They're, like I think, one of the cheapest Shocklands. Right now. Yeah, we were just talking about Shocklands a little bit earlier. It's always worth it to get them. Right? Definitely worth it. They're going to get played. You're going to like them. When they're cheap, it's like location, location, location. Just buy your lands, people. Right? Lands lands aren't going anywhere. Unless it's Field of the Dead or Mystic Sanctuary. (laughs) So, last but not least, we have your favorite three mana planeswalker out of War of the Spark, Teferi Time Raveler. Sitting at $10.05, record low, and going down. So definitely keep an eye on it. I think this is a perfect plug for TCG Sniper. Uh, If you want to get this card cheaper, now that it's been banned in a couple formats, uh, plug it into TCG Sniper. Go there. They'll keep an eye on it. Uh, You set the price. They'll notify you when it hits that price or lower, and you can pick it up at that price. And you become a happy magic player yes, at you that do. point. Picking up, yes, you do. Picking up cards you want for your EDH deck at cheaper. It also goes the opposite way where you can set notifications when a card starts moving up in price. And then you know when to sell. And with that, let's talk about this gold span, gold span Dragon deck that was submitted by Wade97 that he took to a Maj... M-A-J-H Sunday Series Tournament on MTG Melee. This is standard. So starting it off, it has the creature suite of four Bone Crusher Giants, four Goldspan Dragons, four Brazen Borrowers, and two Giant Killers. A lot of adventure cards there. The artifact section, two glass caskets, 
enchantments are four shark typhoons and one showdown of the skulls. You have a shatter skull smashing in the sorcery section, which is the red red X sorcery deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, shatter skull smashing deals twice X damage divided as you choose among them instead. And then the back is one of the bolt lands from. You pay three life and it enters untapped, or you don't and it enters tapped. Then in the instant section, we have newcomer to the to the game, Behold the Multiverse. Three blue instant, scry two draw card. It has foretell of blue and a blue and one. Next one is probably my favorite foretell card, just because I am a blue mage that loves counter spells. Sot coming. Blue blue one. Counter target spell and it has foretell for blue and a one. There's two essence scatters, blue one, instant counter target creature spell two swift responses white one instant destroy target tap creature and then a single shredded sails red one instant choose one destroy target artifact or it deals four damage to target creature with flying and it has cycling for two and in the lands a bunch of mdfcs for azorius mdfcs for is it mdfcs three boros mdfcs then three Temple of Epiphanies, two Temple of Enlightenments, which are the Tap Scrylands, two Ragarin Triumphs, the Jeskai Triumph, a Field of Ruin, one Plains, one Mountain, two Island, and a single Castle Vantress. Let's see, what position did he take with this deck, did he say? Looks like he won. Oh, he won. Yep. Where rank one. Oh, yep, rank one right there, Six Tournament Path. Yep, 6-0-2. Damn interesting i lo- this deck is good because it's like you got your stomps your petty thefts to help keep the board clear until you can drop down your bone crushers and your brazen borrowers and giant killer is a new card that has been seeing more play uh compared to when it first came out uh because of uh i think more, mainly because of chop down uh on it the white two instant destroy target creature with power four or greater but then things like you know shark typhoon making being, card. just doing right. everything that you wanted to do you're fine you're you're able to cast this thing i imagine pretty quickly uh after having a gold span dragon out like if you have a gold span dragon out next turn you drop dropping a shark typhoon and then able to have some mana for backup and then with all the gold is uh, gold as well because you know a four mana four four flying haste you're, you're getting a good amount of good amount of value and beating out of that that you can like make shatter skull smashing Pretty, I imagine, pretty regular, regularly. Well, words are hard on that one. Uh, to make it, you know, six or greater, so you can deal twice X damage. I do enjoy uh, uh, "Behold the Multiverse" because what is that? Uh, Glimmer of possible, not uh, yeah, Glimmer of Possibility. I think was the original card in Kaladesh that is kind of like played after, but with foretell. We got Wade in the chat saying 10 out of 10 playing this deck. This deck looks like you could do everything. Like you have, uh, you got 10 adventure spells. So it's like a spell and a creature. Like everybody knows the adventure spells are super good. Your guys' thoughts, your guys' takes? I mean, he won. So obviously it's got to be good. <laughs> I don't play standard, so I wouldn't know. Right. I don't play as much anymore as I should. But like JV said, he won. So it must have been good. Right. Must have been doing something right. Or he just got lucky. One of the two. Oh my god! I, I usually 
Usually a little bit of both in those when you win. Like, I haven't played Standard since, what, uh, Born of the Gods. I think it was the last time I played Standard. Jeez. It's been years. Because Standard then was too expensive to even play or keep up with. Hey, Mono Black Pack Rack was pretty cheap. Oh, God. I do remember that deck, and that deck was fun to play. Not fun to see on the other side of the table, really. <laughs> I won my first PTQ with that deck. Oh, man. We'll, we're definitely going to have to get you back on because I had a whole thing of questions to ask you. We'll do, like, straight up get to get to know you Yeah, episode. I'm, like, I'm down. I, just, I have a meeting in the morning where I can't stay on later than I wanted to. Right. Well, let's close this podcast off. Stu, please give us your plugs. Where can people find you? Do you want people to find you? Well, the best place to find me is on Twitter at S-S-O-M-E-R-S-5-5. It's at S-Summers55. I have an Instagram. Uh, Sorry, I had an Instagram. My dog has kind of taken it over, so it's not really (laughs) mine. But hey, if you want to follow me on there, just find me at Stu Summers on there. uh, As anywhere else, I mean, I stream occasionally. Uh, I don't remember what my Twitch stream is. I think it's S Summers 55 as well. I try to brand S Summers 55 across the internet so it's easy to find me. Yeah. So, Feeling on that? Yep. Don't have an OnlyFans. Don't have a TikTok. Aww. <laughs> Shucks. I know. Oh, maybe I need to figure out some passive income for the year. So maybe OnlyFans. Got to build up that oh shit fund again. I know. We do have to build the oh shit fund again. <laughs> so, yeah, other than that. Uh, yeah, you can find me on all the, on mostly Twitter and me tweeting stuff and getting people mad at me and yelling at me, but whatever. That's it's what Twitter's Twitter. for. I will also make sure to link all those down in the description for people who have a hard time remembering. Just click the link and it'll take you right there. Thanks. Well, thank you, Magic Folk, for making it to the end of episode number 76 of this week in MTG. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Join, join the Discord. We join us on Twitch if you haven't, if you're not watching this on Twitch. We have a Twitch. We do openings and stuff. Well, we tried. We're gonna get JB to maybe stream some Moto on there as well. If you guys have comments, concerns, feedback of any kind, we appreciate it all. Send us that feedback on those platforms. But you can also send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. We are definitely striving to be your guys' aggregate news source for all things magic. And then also, make sure to send love to our fabulous sponsors, J-Dub, Sports Cards, and Gaming. But if, you all, if none of y'all got anything else to say, I think we can, we can wrap this episode up. I, I love how we've, we've done this for almost a year and he still stumbles through the exit. Right? And the entrance, even. <laughs> yep, and, and the entrance. It makes it more personal. Does it, though? It does. It does. Really. <laughs> but no, we don't have any other comments, Matt. No, no, I'm good. Awesome. Stu, thank you for joining us. We'll hit you up for another round of this. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. And we will catch you all next time. See ya. Bye. This says, I'm Jack Skellington. I'm the Pumpkin King. I win the fucking game.